and welcome to episode 15 of the Graph Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Fairholm. Our topic today is something that has been making headlines for quite literally two years now, longer than the pandemic, if you can believe it, and that is the Brooks Kepka Bryson DeChambeau rivalry. Here's a short history for those who need a refresher, or maybe you just forgot because it has been so long. But two years ago at the 2019 Northern Trust event, Brooks made a comment about Bryson's pace of play, which was totally warranted. Bryson was taking over two minutes to play certain shots. He totally deserved to be criticized. But that comment prompted Bryson to walk over to Brooks's caddy and say, hey man, if Brooks is going to say something, he should say it to my face. The irony of Bryson not going directly to Brooks in that moment was apparently lost on him, but everything seemed to turn out okay in that moment. Brooks just walked right over to Bryson. They made public comments at the time saying that everything was good, and according to Brooks and other sources, they made a handshake agreement that they would basically not talk about each other in the press or slander each other in any way. Well, that did not happen. Bryson made a comment about Brooks not having any abs during a Twitch stream. Brooks responded with a picture of his four major championship trophies saying, yeah, man, you're right. I am too short of a six pack, which to be honest was a pretty hilarious comment and the spat has gone on from there. Bryson is a very easy target for criticism considering that he draws a lot of attention to himself with things such as 15 minute Instagram videos of him frying bacon shirtless. He's kind of the Nickelodeon of golf with how a lot of his content appeals to 10 year old boys and he has consistently put his foot in his mouth and says outlandishly stupid things. Brooks, on the other hand, is just objectively way better at this, this being verbal sparring and generally just looking cooler. And it really has not been a fair fight throughout most of this saga. Brooks is basically just toying with Bryson at this point, and it's descended to the depths of fans heckling Bryson on the course during competition, which Brooks is partially responsible for inciting thanks to a promotion with his sponsor Michelob Ultra, where he gave fans beer for having been kicked out after heckling Bryson earlier this year at the Memorial Tournament. I chatted with Jeremy Schilling, fellow writer, about this dynamic, and we're going to bring him on in a second, but here is my opinion. Golf needs back and forth. It needs controversy. It needs a little WWE, if you will. That is really, really good for golf. I think overall, this has been a very amusing and entertaining rivalry where these guys clearly don't like each other. And there have been constant examples of that. I think that is good for the game. We, we need more of that. It's the same way that Patrick Reed is good for golf. There needs to be villains. There needs to be heroes. All of that makes total sense. However, where it is at this point where Brooks has totally dominated these back and forths, Bryson is being verbally abused every time he plays now. He's clearly letting it get to him, not responding correctly at all. This is getting a little over the top. We're in a gambling age at this point. So what is to stop someone from being emboldened by this environment and placing a bet on another player to beat Bryson and just terrorizing Bryson all day like that guy in Happy Gilmore did? I get that every sport has heckling, but in golf, you have fans just yards away from players and it's completely quiet with no background noise. If you go to an NBA game and you yell at a player, it's likely that player won't hear you at all because of everybody else just being loud. But Golf gives people the opportunity to break the silence with baba buoys and mashed potatoes, things that we really don't need in our lives, but we have to deal with. I don't know. I, I just think it is affecting other players at this point, guys who have to play with Bryson. 
Heckling is not really something that adds to golf like it may do in other sports. In fact, I think it really detracts from it in a lot of ways. Bryson undoubtedly deserves a lot of this for reasons we will get into here with Jeremy. But also, this needs to be handled better by all parties involved. And honestly, I think the PGA Tour made a mistake by not pairing them together during a tournament way earlier in this drama. I know that seems counterintuitive, but just letting these guys face each other in person... I think everyone would have gotten their fill and it could have returned to a rivalry that is more amusing and entertaining off the course and not so much affecting Bryson and his playing partners on the course. So in this conversation with Jeremy, I let him give his opinion on all of this and we go into the Ryder Cup, which is approaching quickly here. Both of these guys will be on that team. So what will that dynamic be like? I asked Jeremy who he would pair Brooks and Bryson with, whether Bryson should play alternate shot, which is one of the formats in the Ryder Cup. I'll give a spoiler alert. I would love to see Bryson with Colin Morikawa, the recent Open champion, as a four-ball partnership against the Europeans. I just think that they would balance each other out emotionally so well. Not that Morikawa needs as much of that as Bryson does, but you put a great driver of the ball like Bryson with a great iron player like Morikawa, I think that makes a lot of sense. So you look at some of these U.S. matchups that could be formulating. Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth could be a great matchup. Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantley have also played a lot of team golf in the past. And I'm voting for Bryson and Morikawa. I think that would make a lot of sense. All right, enough of my rambling. Let's get to our conversation with Jeremy Schilling. You can find Jeremy on Twitter, at jshill. He has over 2,000 followers there. And of course, his podcast teeing it up with Jeremy Schilling, which has been going on for well over a decade at this point. Go ahead and check both of those out. But here it is, our conversation with Jeremy Schilling about the Brooks and Bryson saga. And we welcome back to the Graph Golf podcast, Jeremy Schilling. Jeremy's been on a couple of episodes in the past. We talked about Bryson in one episode. We talked about Rory McIlroy in another episode. And now we're going to talk about Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, those two kind of go together like peanut butter and jelly nowadays, don't they? Uh, Jeremy, We're this week is the uh, Northern Trust at Liberty National Golf Club. And two years ago, this is kind of the you know origin story of Brooks and Bryson and, and this rivalry. Take us back to that moment, if you will, remembering how this started and your feelings around the rivalry as it started and kind of how that maybe has evolved over time. First of all, thank you for having me, Sean. Um, secondly, to me, this was a stupid golf beef at the start. This was simple. This is pace of play. Pretty simple. I, I don't understand why it became what it became. Bryson was tremendously slow and he needed to speed up. Bryson did not handle it correctly. You, you do not go to somebody's caddy. You go to them if you have a problem with them. And then it has become jealousy it has become flat out straight up jealousy that i really think has gotten into bryson's head let's talk about bryson for a second shall we you look at what happened in memphis on that back nine and shane ryan from golf digest and ryan lavner from golf channel walked that back nine with bryson and it was relentless the amount of brooksies being held at him Shane called it uh, borderlining on abuse. Ryan termed it heckling. He has done nothing to help his cause. And when you don't play well 
And when you suddenly fire your caddy or part ways or whatever happened in that story, the day before a tournament, when you keep egging Mr. Kepka on, when you are giving Brooks all the room in the world to pounce, and you don't have the moxie and the intestinal fortitude to step up to a microphone and admit, I'm wrong, I apologize, I'm going to pull Brooks aside and squash this. I'm going to, you know, try to get some help here and try to get everything back on target. You are prime for being heckled. You need to be able to take it in stride. I don't know what the backstory of Brooks being called Blake on Barstool Sports is part of my take is. But Brooks has embraced it. Bryson does not seem to have that quality within him at the moment and you look at the equipment issues at the open you look at the fact that his irons were flying way further than he thought in memphis and could not make the adjustment you look at some of his poor driving and where he placed himself on that back nine in memphis and then you look at the way that he was treated i really think that Bryson has lost his way of trying to deal with this. He is such a good player. Everybody loved what he did at Bay Hill, but there are times to squash a beef. And in my opinion, my humble opinion as an observer, and that's all I am, Brooks could be the guy to come up and say, dude, let's fix this through and through. And yes, he started the, the whole Twitter beef with Aaron Rodgers. But to me, this is on Bryson to be the bigger man and to admit I am wrong. And I don't think he's been able to do that, Sean. And there were, there was a lot of audio from Memphis where he responded to fans, which I think at this point, we know that if you're if you're a, a subject or a topic of, of abuse, uh, heckling, I mean, that's the, the last thing you should do, right? I mean, we've seen this in the past with Colin Montgomery with with Sergio with with other players who have endured heckling the the way to make it keep going is to is to respond to it right I mean why 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 would Bryson at this point think that it's a good idea to not only respond to fans but then come and and not do any of the media interviews after a round so I'm of a little bit of a different um, mindset here, which is a not talking to the print media after the COVID-19 vaccine comments. And look, this is a, a sports podcast, not a news political or vaccine podcast, but you can Google it and see for yourself. Um, there, he was <laughs> criticized from all over the place about some comments related to the COVID-19 vaccines. So as, as to not talk to the media, I think, in my opinion, these heckles are going to follow him for the rest of his career. I don't think there's anything you can do in a social media age to stop it. I really don't. I think all you can try to do is improve, learn, be a better human being, and hope that it dies down. Monty doesn't get heckled much anymore. Maybe it'll die down. Sergio still hears it occasionally, not as not as much as his fixed pre-shot routine and the waggle issue is, really isn't there anymore. But look, there's going to be people calling Patrick Reed a cheater for the rest of his career, and he's never going to be able to live that image down unless he, you know, uh, saves people from a burning building, probably. Um, so I, I just think that for Bryson, I think that addressing it is the only thing he can do because maybe he can win some people over in the court of public opinion. But most likely, he's got to learn how to deal with this. 
because I don't think this is going anywhere. And it's happened at the wrong time for him because social media has fanned the flames. And he was already doing incorrect things, going back to posing with trophies and shirtless pictures and six packs and then the four majors and all kinds of different things that they went back and forth about. Now this is in Bryson's head. This is fully in Bryson's head. And Brooks could not care one bit and is reveling in every single second of it. What he has done, what Kepka has done, has been to successfully enter a competitor's head. And we've said for years that Kepka's built like Tiger. He rises up there in majors consistently, time and time and time again. He's played his best golf at the biggest events. Tiger got in people's heads. And now Brooks has gone in Bryson. Here's a quote uh, dating back to that 2019 Northern Trust at Liberty National where everything kind of started. This is from Bryson talking about the Ryder Cup. Quote, we're going to be playing on a lot of teams together, I hope. So we go into these team competitions wanting to do our absolute best and not have anything else happen. At that time, they were kind of talking like, hey, we're going to put this behind us. Uh, we have we have respect for each other. We have no issues with each other. Is this on Bryson? Because he kind of made that first move after those comments, uh, kind of making a, a comment about Kepka's abs or, or a lack thereof. Uh, and, and Brooks kind of uh, tweeting back a photo saying that he's uh, too short of a six pack showing his four major championship trophies. Is that is that the origin of this in terms of uh, who, whose fault it is? Bryson kind of, uh, you know, punching back after those comments. There's also the reneging of the handshake deal that they had at the at the northern trust at liberty national um which is also part of this i think that one of the interesting things about the Ryder cup aspect of this is remember this is pre-pandemic so this is everybody talking about well you know a year from now you're going to be in a team room together well they're going to be in a team room together in about a month and guess what none of this has gotten any easier uh for steve stricker brooks says for one week a year, we can be friends. I don't think we're going to be paired together. I think it's obvious to see that. To me, I think Kepka's going to be the right... I think Kepka's going to do his part. I, I, I really think Kepka's going to do his part. I think it's Bryson who needs to get his game in order, needs to get his head in order, needs to put himself in the right headspace consistently. That, I think, is a problem right now. Who do you pair with Bryson? Who do you send Bryson out against? I, I don't know the answer to that. You need somebody who's really strong-minded um, or really can just shrug some things off really easily. And I think that when it comes to Brooks, he's just having fun with it. And I think this is something that Bryson has lost the big picture of. For Kepka now, this is a game. This is about having fun, baby. Come on, let's bring it on. He's playing a charity event in the middle of the uh, FedEx Cup playoffs, so it kind of shows that I'm not sure where his motivation is with uh, the FedEx Cup playoffs. But yeah, he's uh, he's de- kind of just taking the, uh, the the wheel and going with it. Well, that's a side... For me, that's a side note here, which is a very interesting side note when it comes to, to Kepka and, and where where his game is overall. But I think overall... Uh, when it comes to the beef, this is on Bryson. Brooks is chill about it. Brooks doesn't care. This is about Bryson now. 
Bryson's got his Bryson really has to get his head in order, in my opinion. For Brooks, look, um, it's no secret that in golf there are some stories out there that um will will we will never know what the real story is. Did Dustin Johnson actually slip down a a set of stairs in um at Augusta, you know, wearing socks and not shoes? Did something else happen? You've heard about five different tales. I've heard about five different tales. As Jason Sobel, uh, then of ESPN, now of um, the Action Network, said uh, a couple of years back, there are so many different stories that at this point, I think us as reporters, we don't know what really happened. We know that Brooks Kepka slipped, and that's where he hurt the left knee. This right knee injury that happened around family and was an accident and he tripped over something. Who knows what really happened? I'm not saying that kept us lying, but just in golf, there are some suspicious injuries that pop up from time to time. My theory on Mr. Kepka is that he is more injured than he is letting on and that he has really, what he's doing right now, basically on one healthy leg, is something that we're going to look back on, I think, in future years and be really impressed by this 2020 uh, 2021 performance he wins in phoenix finally having gotten his body right and then suddenly his body goes astray and comes back at augusta misses the cut misses the cut at the nelson t2 at the pga misses the cut at congaree t4 at the u.s open t5 in hartford t6 at the open championship this ability to rise up and the biggest moments after he got the treatment post-Augusta and comes back a month and five days later, I think his motivation's better for the majors. I think he's built like Tiger very much, and I want the biggest competition. And I think that what's going to be fascinating about this FedEx Cup is that it's the one thing really missing from his resume. And he's got a chance with good play to make it to East Lake and try to win $15 million. But that match against Portnoy on September 7th, uh, Dave Portnoy of, of Marshall, I think that's competition for him. I think that that piques his interest. Does $15 million pique his interest? Or is it the Ryder Cup? Or is it trying to finally get a green jacket next April? That's what I think is interesting about Brooks right now, which is, A, how injured is he really? B, what truly gets him motivated? I've got a simple question for you. Should should this rivalry, if we could still call it that, should it should it die at this point? Is it a, is it a rivalry that is no longer kind of amusing and, and helping the game, but is kind of harmful at this point? You and I have both been at golf events where where we have heard some horrible things said to players, and it's completely inexcusable. It is has to be condemned by everybody involved immediately from all parties. I don't think Brooksy falls on that, falls under that for fans, uh, uh, you know, aimed at Bryson. Do you think that's over the line? I think the, uh, the stunt with the Michelob Ultra was definitely over the line. I, I think that's kind of where it, it really turned. And I, I think he, Brooks does have responsibility to a certain extent with this. Uh, if I were him, I would come out and just say, hey, d- don't do that. Just heckling does not really deserve any place in the game. And I think he needs to be a little bit firmer with that, in my opinion. It's That's a, that's a very good point. I forgot about the uh, Michelob aspect of it. Definitely, I thought that was a bad move. I think that it's very hard. And Kepka has 
I believe said, as long as it's not over a shot, right before a shot or right after, as a player can, you know, take their practice when go through their pre-shot routine, have silence and then hit it and not have something yelled at them that anything else is fair game within reason, as long as it's not cursing vulgarity, you know, words that are offensive, so on and so forth. And I am of the opinion myself that while Brooks could come out there and say, stop, that there's no putting the genie back in the bottle at this point. And that as long as what's being said stays at Brooksy and doesn't get even, you know, doesn't cross a further line, that there's nothing really we can do about it. And this is going to either die naturally or it's going to keep going until it just naturally runs its course. But I don't think that there, like, I don't think you could have a PSA type deal or a joint press conference that would end this. Um, I think alcohol sales at tournaments have put us in a place where these guys are going to get um, heckled the way they're going to get heckled. And there's nothing you can do about it. Is it still good for golf? Because I think most people were saying earlier this year, including myself, that it was good for golf for a really long time. I think probably for maybe even a year and a half, almost two years, it was really good for golf. My opinion is that it's kind of it's at the point where it's it's not as good for golf at this point. What's, what's your opinion? I, I think it's overall very good for golf. I think parts of it are not. If you term what's being hurled at Bryson as bullying, as victim of bullying myself, it's the worst thing you could ever experience. Um, and I don't wish that on anybody. So I think that would also no longer be good for golf. But I think if Bryson were to embrace the Brooksies, I think that this actually could be something kind of fun and kind of cool. And that I think, unfortunately, is a missed opportunity for Bryson, in my opinion. I don't have faith that he's going to handle this any better in the future, given, given his track record. But I, I want to end going back to the Ryder Cup. I know we touched on it briefly, but just talking about Bryson and Brooks and this atmosphere that the U.S. team has, because it, it's a very unique makeup of, of players at this point. You have your Colin Morikawas and uh, likely Jordan Spieth and, and Harris English guys who are very well respected and, and great team room guys. But then you have the the possibility of having, you know, DJ Brooks, uh, Bryson, Patrick Reed, possibly. Uh, what is this U.S. team going to do just from a team chemistry standpoint because right now you know it seems like it's a lot of uh, a lot of players who you know Stricker is going to have a hard time pairing with uh, and it also seems like Bryson may not be a great foursomes partner for alternate shot given how unique his uh, his playing style is and 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 where he hits it I think what's interesting about this for Strix is at least he has six captains picks so he's going to be able to maneuver some things here i think the fact that justin thomas is going to be on this team is a big help i i think that strix is of the mindset that he is somebody that can really find uh, he's someone well respected and i and i think there's there's a hope that when push comes to shove these guys will get along and we'll be able to work this out what is interesting and troublesome is if you see a situation where let's say Daniel Berger, who's currently 10th in the standings goes on a run. And now you've got to use a captain's pick on both Xander and Patrick Cantlay to keep that 
tandem, which was so successful at the President's Cup at Royal Melbourne, together, um, you run into some problems. So I think for these six players, Morikawa and DJ have clinched, then it's Bryson, Brooks, JT, Xander. I think it would be really advantageous if those four guys could clinch their spots because then you start looking at Jordan, Cantlay, and then you can kind of base things. Tony Finau is a great team player. You go down to the Phil Mickelson question mark. There's some guys there that you can mix and match a little bit, and then you've got to kind of see where Patrick Reed thinks his game is at. He withdrew from the Northern Trust with an ankle injury. I have no idea. He's now withdrawn from two straight events. I have no idea what his situation is, what his health situation is, and this is something to consider. But it's definitely going to be a different U.S. team. It's going to be a team that's got more holes in it, I think, than past U.S. teams. But I think that if they can get the right 12 guys together, this could actually be a very successful U.S. team facing a European squad that is going to be emboldened with fresh blood. Ron Fleetwood, Hatton, Rory, those are four from there. Flip over to points, you get uh, Victor Hovland added, Matt Fitzpatrick, Westwood, Shane Lowry, uh, Rob McIntyre. So there's definitely new blood on both sides. So I think trying to handicap this could be um, very interesting. Last question. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to put myself on the spot too, though. If you had to pair Bryson and Brooks with one other player, assuming that they're not going to play with each other, which seems probably extremely unlikely at this point, who are you going with? I think, uh, you know, I don't think Bryson should play in the alternate shot. Uh, that, that would be my personal opinion. I think Brooks is a much better alternate shot player, uh, much easier to, to team with given his playing style. Um, but I do think that, a guy like Morikawa maybe could be good for Bryson. Um, that's just my opinion. Someone who's a little bit more even keel, um, who has a very consistent playing style, great iron player, uh, much better iron player than, than Bryson is uh, by the stats. Uh, that, who, who, are you, who are you taking to uh, pair with those guys? It's interesting you said that because I would put for best ball, I would put Morikawa and Brooks together. Uh, sorry, for alternate shot, I would put Morikawa and Brooks together. I think that's a really good pairing. I, I think I think DJ could play well with Bryson in a best ball format. I'm with you that I would not put Bryson out there in alternate shot, but DJ doesn't let anything bother him. <laughs> DJ is the most chill guy in the world. I mean, trying to ruffle his feathers. Um, this is going to be Morikawa's first Ryder Cup. I, I would be very careful as to who you put with him because the nerves, I don't think the nerves are going to get the DJ. He's been in this spot for a couple times now, so that's my reading on it. And any other obvious pairings? You mentioned Xander, Cantlay, Spieth, and JT maybe, going back to going back to that pairing? I would, I would if, if this team gets made up as it is currently, I would absolutely look that way. One other thing that I think is, is very interesting is that if Harris English makes this team, I think he's a very interesting guy in alternate shot with Patrick Reed. Similar playing styles, two great ball strikers with Reed having a knack for having a putter that comes alive. Same with Daniel Berger, also a ball striker. So there's that. And then you can also look at best ball trying to pair somebody 
with Tony Finau, one of the straighter guys, uh, maybe, you know, a Harris or a, or a Reed with a Tony Finau who can bomb it. So there's options. I think the bigger question is, is Will Strix pick um, Phil Mickelson? And what does Phil tell him he can do? Phil has not proven himself to have a spot. And does Phil even accept a spot? Which is something he openly said he may not do. Um, when asked, and I believe in, in Memphis, he considered not accepting a spot um, if he felt like his game didn't rise up to it. So I think that's something to watch. And then what's the Kisner factor? And and, and he's got to have a really strong FedEx Cup playoffs, I think. I, I think it's really incumbent on Kis to pick it up. Should Reed make the team if you're if you're Captain Stricker? I would have to ask him, how's your ankle? Or is it mm. or is there something else going on here? You know, um, that's not, you know, as as Sean knows. And, and just for the listeners out there, uh, when you withdraw on the day of a tournament or within a tournament, you have to give a reason to the PGA Tour. If you withdraw leading up to a tournament, you don't have to give a reason to the PGA Tour. You can make up literally anything for your injury besides like a fingernail. Like as long as it makes <laughs> half sense, you can say whatever you want for your injury. So I, I, I think Strix needs to figure out, is this an ankle issue? Is this not an ankle issue? Is, is this a metaphor for something else? Is, you know, or, or, or not a metaphor. Is this just, you know, filling the uh, blank space on a piece of paper type deal? Is there something else going on? But if he's healthy, I would absolutely put him on this team. Jeremy, thank you for uh, for joining the Graph Golf Podcast. That was a lot of fun. We'll have to have you on again soon and enjoy the uh, the next little while of golf. We have the uh, the Ryder Cup coming up in a few weeks with the FedEx Cup playoffs before then. It should be a, uh, an exciting conclusion to the golf year. Thank you for having me, Sean. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure to come on and um, always a pleasure to talk team golf unique thing absolutely we'll talk to you again next time thanks again to jeremy for coming on to the podcast i really enjoyed that conversation we have some great content on the way here our next podcast will be with patrick kelly of graph golf patrick is a co-founder in the company's cpo he's going to be teaching us about some of the technical aspects of building a smart golf ball all the small details that go into making this smart golf ball that will empower golfers to play the game far more efficiently than they do right now also check out a couple of articles we have coming out shortly one being on understanding your launch angle what does it mean when you have a launch angle that is 10 degrees 12 degrees 14 degrees what does all that mean another article on the five most efficient ways to lower your score everybody wants to do that i give some tips and advice that i have learned along the way to possibly lower your score there so be on the lookout for that. You can learn more about Graph at our website, which is graph.golf. And you can email us at the club at graph.golf. Always love to hear from our listeners. Please do not be shy. But that is all that we have for today. And we'll see you again soon. Cheers.